This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of a law. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ls Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. So it's been a while. Welcome back, Joel. Thank you. Pleasure to be back. You're very welcome. I'm, back. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be doing a live show. If you're not familiar with this show, of course, you're welcome to Comic Pop. Uh, this is a channel where we talk all about comic books. Joel's over on his own channel, Cape Joel, where he talks about comics, does reviews, and so forth. Uh, this show, in particular, is fun because we're going to be pitching a DC crisis. Uh, oh, which is, yeah. You know, why not, right? But uh, it's, it's inevitable, I think, we're getting to that, you know, like five to, you know, seven years where they do one. DC's been edging for a while now, and mm-hmm. it's pretty soon DC's just going to completely just blow it all over you. Oh, because, yeah. Because let me tell you something. They've been really, really, like, stoking the fires with their metals mm-hmm. and their clocks and whatnot. No, 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 no. DC is just aching for a crisis. And, uh, man, did I hear a pitch on Twitter not too long ago that really got into it. But before we get into that pitch, let's talk about uh, this show in particular. Uh, here, uh, we do the show live, but if you're listening to it on the uh, the audios, uh, welcome to the show there. But don't forget to go to youtube.com slash comicpop and catch this show live, usually anywhere between 3.30 and 5 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on this channel on Wednesdays. Uh, what we do here is we, uh, we'll talk about a topic for about an hour, and we'll include the audience by having them encouraged to use their super chats. This is yeah, the- yeah within the system in which you can like uh toss us a little bit of bones to uh contribute to the show we answer your question we try to make it kind of organic and not as disruptive as some other shows so you can influence the show it's true and often does uh suggest some really really terrific conversations uh so we do encourage you to do it like uh like alan osborne here who uh, says what's up boys glad to have you back well we are glad to be back alan Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here uh so let's jump into it uh so okay uh I was uh, I was on the Twitter the other day and uh, somebody tweeted at me and, su- and suggested that I check out Ron Mars's tweet. Uh, Ron Mars is a prolific comic book author or author oh, yeah. and uh, is instrumental in the status quos of not only Hal Jordan and the Spectre but also the progenitor of Kyle Rayner, who indeed he is was on everything until he wasn't uh, <laughs> justice for Kyle Rayner. The poor kid barely had a shot. Um, but Ron Mars is talking about how uh, he had this idea for Emerald Twilight. And clearly it was what the inspiration became for the DC comics crisis event known as zero hour and the formation of a, a little thing called hyper time. Yeah, which I love as a concept. I love hypertime. See, now hypertime is a funny thing because it should work really well to help to dispel any issues with time, particularly when you have timeless characters who can't age. But mm. Zero Hour managed to actually make it even more complicated and even more of a problem. Yeah. It when did. Zero Hour in itself was not a event that was meant to be anything. In fact, DC had the idea for Zero Hour because they went you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths, our first significant and public reboot, <laughs> uh, that was 10 years ago. 
Yeah. We should honor it by screwing things up. <laughs> it's tradition. Right. Well, it, it's, it becomes tradition, you see. At first, we gave it to Marv Wolfman and George Perez, and we were like, do something amazing and make everybody young and hip and cool. They did, and then they went, well, let's do it again. Uh, <laughs> but we can't change things too much because people still really like it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they created this thing called Zero Hour, which I am almost entirely convinced uh, was inspired by the Ron Mars pitch uh, for Emerald Twilight. Uh, now, if you're not familiar with Emerald Twilight, first of all, if you're on this channel, you should go check out our Back Issues episode about it. Because it's a, it's a really fun episode. Um, but we talk all about how the idea is that, like, Hell Jordan went nuts because Coast City was destroyed in a Superman event, didn't have agency over his own stupid status quo, freaked out, uh, rebuilt Coast City with his power ring, made the Guardians, who are the like largest hypocrites in the galaxy, oh yeah, piss themselves. And uh, what do you then, mean I can't rebuild my city with my magic ray? <laughs> right, exactly. Now, that is something that he shouldn't have done, but at the same time, that was something that he needed to work through himself, and it really wasn't the Guardians' fault. Like, anyway, point being. The Guardians had a problem. It caused Hal to go over the edge. He nearly killed everyone in the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, took all their took all their rings and jumped into the battery and changed his costume. Became Parallax, uh, and then of course uh, Jeff Johns went ahead and retconned that. So, you know, anyway, that's that's the quick and dirty version. The idea here is that like Hal Jordan becomes a new bad guy. Yep, and that's kind of the 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 original pitch, or rather, what actually happened. Ron Mars's pitch was that apparently Hal wanted to create an entire Earth with oh. his newfound power from the battery. Bit of an upgrade from building a whole city. Right. Went from, no, no, no. Why should I make like ghostly constructs when he can create an entire Earth as part of the multiverse? <laughs> and why stop there? Why not also make this Earth kind of silver age bring oh. back barry allen who was of course dead at that time and way was way earlier than he was supposed to come back certainly uh who was also his friend and he knew him and of course there was no plan to bring back barry allen back then but uh the idea was for hal to create an alternate earth where he could live and it could be simpler or seemingly simpler mm-hmm that, like, everything kind of stays where it is. And the idea was kind of to combat or react to the naysayers and complainers out there who were in full force back then mm. who were like, you know, these books are getting kind of dark. Superman's dead. Batman's back is broken. Hal Jordan went insane. You know, what are we doing here? Uh, what, what happened to the simpler times? What happened to the, the good old-fashioned superhero comics? All that stuff that I remember when I was a kid. And I feel like... What a great idea because of how metatextual that pitch is. It's like, I'm going to have Hal literally give the readers what they think they want, which would have inevitably blown into the Silver Age Earth that Hal created, battling with the Earth Prime from the Christ Infinite Earths. Yes, which I read, which, which, man, that sounds like a concept almost from today, doesn't it? That sounds a little bit like... Uh... What is it like incursions and everything? Earths will fight for the right to survive. Yeah, man. It, well, it, does, it sounds a lot like a, a, like a, like a smaller like a smaller version of convergence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that concept it's so good and it's actually has such like like 
not real world, but modern day applicability. Mm -hmm. that I'm yeah. just going to steal from, from this great master of Ron Mars and completely fabricate a concept from there. Before, Please do. Before we do, I just want to acknowledge the couple of super chats that came in while I was talking from Will I Am Golden. Sup, guys? We're talking about crises pitches. Uh, why don't we use Death of the Endless? Death is a great concept. Uh, unfortunately, you don't really see her very much, and no. you need Gaiman's permission, or at the very least, you should have Gaiman's permission to use these characters. It's very rare. Because it's tacky to not do it, and again, we've seen what happens when DC tries to use characters that legally don't belong to them, what that uh, turns into. Yeah, now they do own Morpheus and the Endless and Death and all that, but... They also know how bad it gets when they don't understand what they're doing with those characters. But I they're do being like tasteful it. with their inclusion. Yeah. Uh, Polish Gamer says, uh, or GMR says, Hey guys, wondering if you've seen Shazam, what are your opinions on it? And uh, do you guys want to do a review of it? Specifically, Sal and Tiff, are you guys going to talk about it like you did with Aquaman? Uh, we were going to do it, but uh, we were super busy. And so as such, uh, I dropped the Zadarsky interview instead of the Off the Rack episode, which is our review show. Um, uh, we might still talk about it, but we did talk about it on Weekly Poll uh, just this past week. And, and uh, uh, I talked, it on, uh, talked about it on my own show that went live just today with my other co-host, Matt, for Comic Multiverse. So if you want to check it out there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe, we'll see. Probably not. Long and, long and short, we liked it. Yeah. Uh, Chris Beck, hello, guys. Uh, first, did you see Shazam? Yes. Uh, second was to wondering if you could build a crisis event around Shazam. How would it work? Uh, it would always it would be involve nothing but magic. Reportedly, uh, Dark Knight's Metal was going to have a big surprise Shazam appearance in it, but uh, couldn't do it because Jeff Johns wanted to use him. They did mention the Rock of Eternity several times. They certainly did. I think they were alluding to it, and I think they had to swap out the the, the monitor reveal for Shazam. Right. Uh, well, if if you want some Shazam goodness in your crisis, when I get to my pitch after Sal, I have some Shazam inclusions yeah. after seeing the movie. Uh, if I wanted to start with Shazam or Jonah Hex, where to start? New 52 Shazam run, jump on that. Uh, I would also read Superman Shazam First Thunder. It's a nice introduction to the character while also not going too far away from uh, the DC Universe proper. Yeah. And uh, The Monster Society of Evil by Jeff Smith is a lot of fun too, even all though solid. it's not it's not technically like the most DC comic of all time, but you might enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack O'Connell says, not super into DC, but I'm here. Well, thank you very much for being here, man. As, uh, uh, as far as Jonah Hex goes, anything by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, pre-New 52, and then All-Star Western all the way until it's done. Exactly. Uh, so the, the concept is not too dissimilar from the uh from the from the mars pitch basically that like okay so zero hour crisis in time and after that of course every dc event from there uh zero hour was written by dan jurgens and jerry ordway mm -hmm. uh and it involved parallax basically saying like i'm gonna go back in time i'm gonna fix this universe and i'm gonna make a new one out of it where like people can't suffer and it cl so clearly lifted from the from the mars pitch Oh, yeah. I'm going to make a new Earth with Blackjack and hookers. You'll see. Now, uh, Zero Hour was horrendous and terrible and didn't make any sense. And it ended with a real timeline, a hard timeline for the DC Universe, which says that 15 billion years ago, the Big Bang starts. Uh, 1938 was when the golden age of superheroes begins. 1940, JSA is formed. Uh, you know, Superman was dropped, landed about 35 years ago. Uh, you know, the, the heroic age starts 10 years ago, and so on and so forth. And so, like, today we got things like Bane and Asriel and Doomsday and stuff, and, and mm -hmm. Guy Gardner Warrior. And the future, of course, like, all those timelines that they mentioned, like, uh, 
the Legion of Superheroes, 31st century now, you know, that kind of thing. But everything's kind of still set in stone. But firm, hard stance, Shazam shows up four years ago. Uh, everybody else 10 years ago, you know, that kind of thing. It's very, mm. like, but, like, for, for no reason hamstringing themselves into being, like, this is the timeline. <laughs> they printed a timeline, which is the worst possible thing you could do in a comic book that has a shared universe and a sliding time scale. They'll never make that mistake again. Right. Uh, DC will never mess with that again. Like, they'll never write themselves into a hole where they say specifically the year anymore. Or if they do... It is done by a stunt writer who will do whatever they want anyway. Yeah. Excuse me. So, uh, okay. My pitch is simply this, because here's the thing. New 52 uh, came out of Flashpoint. It did. Uh, Flashpoint was not supposed to be a crisis or an event. It instead became this thing that came... That sure got wasn't. That and became a sales juggernaut because New 52 was the time when they were like, yo, we're throwing everything away. It's all rebooting. So many people started taking notice around that time. I remember it was, it was electric. You could say it was yeah. an electric time. Got a lot of, got a lot of, uh, print, uh, in mainstream publications and it, the, the, the sales cannot be disputed for how well the new 52 did. I think it's a big driving force to why I ended up covering comics on long. Cause I'm like, Ooh, a fresh DC start. Hey, this will, this will be something to talk about. Seriously. Uh, but my point about the New 52 is simply that they weren't afraid to say that everything you read doesn't matter and it's all starting over again, regardless of the caliber of people we have working on most of these books. <laughs> Except for Batman and Green Lantern, because they were always selling well and we don't want to tick off those fans. Right. Even though they still did. Like they, yeah, they it's did. It's just that initially they were like, oh, we don't even know if it's going to work, so we just left it alone. But uh, anyway, so the reason I'm prefacing all that is because what I'm saying is we're going to go back to Zero Hour. And by the way, this is also inspired by the fact that apparently DC is in a dispute right now over the copyright of the term Zero Hour. Oh. And uh, I, I was like, hey, DC, you want to you wanna fix that? Uh, Maybe come up with a new book. <laughs> refer to Zero Hour uh, because here's the thing. Zero Hour happened just like it does kind of like in the seven crises that Bendis suggested. But the twist is that Hal Jordan, because at the end of the Zero Hour, by the way, like they defeat Hal Jordan. He doesn't get to create his new universe. But a couple things change. Hawkman is condensed into one person, which doesn't make any sense. A couple of the members of the yeah. JSA get old, even though they get young later. Like it, it's <laughs> a, it, ultimately nothing really happens. No. Instead, what happens is Hal Jordan won Zero Hour. Yeah. And he created the new universe and stuck everyone who was involved in zero hour in that universe mm. that more or less there he that more or less he does create the silver age timeline and he's been living in it but the other the rest of them his friends are stuck in kind of like a pocket universe a la heroes reborn mm. where they all are kind of like trapped in this bubble that where time does not affect them which is why they're not getting older right and Hal Jordan has been kind of like just mucking around with the universe. And basically, it's only until, like, everything since Zero Hour has been fake. Right. And not real. And because Hal Jordan was, like, so omnipotent, by the way, according to Zero Hour, he was able to, like, manipulate reality itself and time. Mm. He was able to trap characters like the Spectre and the Monitor and other things. And... So as such, 
if everyone's stuck in this bubble with all of these other characters, but in a reality that isn't technically really reality, that everything that happens, all these events that have taken place since Zero Hour, are basically manifestations of their deep reality, like their deep subconscious understanding that everything they're doing doesn't matter and isn't real. Ooh, and we're so gonna like, do some persona stuff. Yeah, so all the all the crises are reactions to their desire to change reality because they know they aren't really in the real world. Okay, and that's why they keep happening. Yes, why crises happen even shorter, shorter times. Oh, so, I like this. I like you giving a reason to this. Right. So everyone's stuck in the in this in this bubble. They've been like and and because their their own desire, their own will, their subconscious re like maybe like auto auto writing, auto working, inventing. And, of course, the subconsciousness of these omnipotent beings like the Monitor and so forth uh, created all this shit that makes it such that, like, Final Crisis and New 52 Flashpoint, all that crap happened. And so we have that. And that basically the next event that happens for real is Doomsday Clock. Right. That the only thing that can fix it is the actions of another omnipotent Super God. Being. Dr. Manhattan. So mm. Dr. Manhattan is mucking around and be, that's why, and it also gives credence to and explains why Doomsday Clock is so like nebulous in terms of who everybody is. Mm. Like, like why is every like why is everybody wearing their like original costumes? Why is Riddler in a onesie? <laughs> like I don't understand. Like wh it, it, there's a lot of like iconic versions of those characters. Oh yeah. Th that don't reflect their technically new 52 universe counterparts not at all but some of them do and that's what's so vexing like the tim drake robin costume is the old tim drake robin costume or i'm sorry the new tim drake robin costume from new 52 so it's got the red robin r's on them like also nightwing is still nightwing and red hood is still red hood even though they're not right now right exactly so yeah it also explains like all like why the doom patrol are involved and why they look like the Doom Patrol and all that stuff. I, I love that bit there. Hey, do you think these guys have a new popular television show or something? Why why has the Doom Patrol suddenly been invited on this mission? Right, exactly. So that's the concept, and it's basically just like, okay, we've got to square this circle when it comes to these crises and everything. So ultimately the battle, by the way, so what's it called? Um, Doomsday Clock. That's an event that still happens, right? Like, yes. Because it is technically still happening to these heroes. Like, do, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's just that Doctor Manhattan's the first real being to interact with any of them. Right, right. Because he's strong enough to break on through. Yeah. So we 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 don't touch Doomsday Clock. Jeff Johns gets to do whatever he wants. It's its own event. The events of Doomsday Clock don't really affect anything. The only thing that really happens is at the end of it. As a postscript to Doomsday Clock, whatever happens, whatever the fallout is, they are oh, at least one or two characters. I'm thinking Superman, but like Flash or whatever. But like one or two characters are awakened, right? And so they they so and, and it ultimately boils down to a big battle between Hal Jordan, Parallax, and the and the DC universe. Because isn't that how all these stories end? Right. Uh, because it also has to end that way. But also we need to re-establish re the new universe. Mm -hmm, we need mm -hmm. to establish that, like, reality will eventually come back into being. And, right. you know, we have a new... Uh, it's It allows us to also kind of, like, fix a few things and, and solve a few problems. It also explains a couple things, redundancies, extra wallies, all that stuff. Yeah. 
Um, but it's it, it's a major event that you can call something like Zero Hour Two. I wouldn't, but uh, you know, to save some money or, or to fight that legal battle, you have a book called Zero Hour. But um, rather, I'd call it something else. I don't have a pitch name for it yet. But uh, oh, but, but, but what's the uh, what's like the Greek thing for zero? Uh, I don't know. Like the Greek symbol, call it that hour. Right. <laughs> Zeta hour. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't say, but, uh, anyway, so the pitch is that's, is that zero hour is like the only true event, which is kind of like a joke, like a meta joke. Mm, oh, right. but also when you do find Hal, he's more or less playing in the like silver age, happy universe. Right. Right. He's like playing superhero or, and this is another more, this could be another thing. Like Hal doesn't really leave like he uh, he is playing as Hal the entire time and when things don't go his way or he doesn't like it he just changes it right so it becomes like uh like a twilight zone episode where it's like you better behave in parallax's beautiful silver age world or he'll make you go to the cornfield again exactly this also by the way could explain um the mr oz problem because mr oz like was was all was really interested in these characters who were from mm. the 90s but then jeff johns wasn't editor anymore and so as a result like they just kind of threw that away boy did they ever like you could say no no no, hal jordan was doing that parallax was doing that do you really believe no no no. hal jordan didn't become like he wasn't in he wasn't infected by a big silly space monster he's a jackass he just went insane. He had a psychic break, and <laughs> yes. no one tried to help him. Right, and no one could help him, and he had, like, this nigh-omnipotent ability. So who was going to stop him anyway? What would you do with that short of killing him? Right, exactly. So there, uh, that's the idea. It's more or less just, like, a big, like, Hal Jordan-centric event, but it doesn't have much to do. I guess the other idea, the other implication is that, like, there are no real Green Lanterns. Because Hal used the power battery to, right. to to activate whatever he needed in order to create or alter reality. Um, so the fallout from it, of course, is you get to basically come up with a whole new pitch for the DC universe. Uh, you get to bring in a whole host of new creators, new blood, new designs uh, that either refer to or just straight up are old school versions of those costumes, depending on how they feel when they come out. You know, when they wake up and they realize that, like, they're now finally in reality, like, do you do they feel nostalgic or are they like, I've had enough of nostalgia? Like, you just it's time to update this. Exactly. Um, but you have, like, the time to develop an actual pitch for your new universe instead of what they did with New 52, where they were like, well, we'll just right. make it up as we go along, which, as we all know, doesn't work. Hey, some of these New 52 suits look pretty good. Or some of these, uh, what is it, Earth 2 suits look pretty good. Why not use those? Yeah, exactly. Um, plus, then you get to play with the idea of, like, what has the DC multiverse or universe been doing in the absence of Earth Prime? Yeah. So you can play with all that. Like, there's all kinds of shit you can you can mess with as a result of that. Um, now, how many issues do you see this? Is this going to be like a 12-issue maxi series? Is this going to be like a six-issue summer event? It, what's interesting is, like, I... I mean, like, you got to start it in the summer, which is too bad, um, just because I don't like, uh, you know, we've seen so many of them do that. Like, I would love to have done it sometime, like, some other time, but uh, but in terms of sales, you got to sell it in the summer. Um, I, I, if I were an editor, I'd be like, let's make it four. 
like right. really short. Get to the but point. But you do need to explain a lot of things, and you need some big set pieces and double page splashes and all that shit. So like, my thinking is six. Like, make it six issues. Don't make it nine, twelve, a hundred. Like, make it six. Plus, you got plenty of tie-in opportunity for that. You can do like, especially if you have the plan before the book is implemented. Like, yeah. Basically, you just wait until Doomsday Clock is over before you implement it, which means you have another year and a half, two years, um, <laughs> give or take, <laughs> to really develop what you're going to do with the DC universe. And you basically let everyone in on the plan. And then you go into your pitch room and you go like, who wants a tie-in that's going to set up the new universe? Or that's going to that's gonna wrap up plot lines yeah. from, from, those, uh, from, from the previous universe. Because here's the thing. We're still in the new 52 universe. Yes, whether people want to admit it or not. And you can say, oh, but Superman fused. And no, 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 but we still are, though. Right, but Superman fused. There was no explanation or any multiversal character who says the action of putting New 52 Superman and pre and post-Crisis Superman in the same body made the universe affected. No. That's just that one story. But it had a butterfly effect, say people in my comment section. Yeah, for that family of characters and only when they remember it. Exactly. Because here's the thing. You know who doesn't know that? Anyone is working on any of those other books. Sad to say, which is so frustrating, and that's really the problem. Is with your with your shared universe, you you all need to be on the same page. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, like there's an opportunity here to play with the whole like, uh, I remember things to be this certain way. I remember how simple comic books used to be, and how characters used to like do you know they used to be superheroes and they used to do this that and the other thing. So like you could really like meta up your 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 story oh, by, yeah. by critiquing the critics of your current universe or the previous universe and 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 kind of like embellishing or or putting too much stock in what came before being like no, no, naturally no. the things weren't like the things weren't nearly as simple or as like pure as you remember them yeah take off your rose tinted glasses yeah so there you go uh that that's it uh emerald crisis would be my pitch uh, mm, that's a good one. But uh, but there you have it. Uh, before we move on, I want to jump into the super chats because we 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 amassed quite a few of them. Um, but uh, Mr. Roboto says, "We you been uh, where you been? I feel like the wizard waiting for orphan." <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> we've been uh, well, we've been busy, man. Uh, Caboose one eleven says, "Crisis pitch: Batman and the League become the overlords of Earth, and Red Hood forms a team to stop them." Bit cliche, but it'd be fun seeing Red Hood as an antihero saving the world. That's basically Nightwing New World New World Order. Yeah. Uh, but Red Hood New World Order. Uh, I suggest you pick up that book because it's a lot of fun. It um, is. But uh, but Red Hood being like an antihero, like basically just just read. Uh, future's end but replace grifter with red hood and you have a book there um, you go that's basically it aura force don't always make the live stream but just wanted to show some love thank you very much aura force. i'm glad that you were able to make it this time around uh but i'm sorry if you couldn't stay ollie roger here's my pitch the universe is threatened by a being known as the editor whose diabolical plan <coughs> to make continuity matter uh that is called fu- uh final crisis yes uh, the 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 dark monitors or whatever are, are all vampiric editors who want to change what your what your pure stories are all about so yeah, literally that is a book, and it was written, of course, by Grant Morrison. Uh, Mr. Roboto says the idea idea to use the Spectre as the Wrath of God on Manhattan. Um, I think we saw is is the Spectre in Doomsday Clock? I thought I saw him in it, but like maybe, I won't, 
No, because Spectre wouldn't work because he was part of the JSA and the JSA doesn't exist. Right. But, oh, okay. I was going to say, wasn't he? But I know he's been referenced numerous times before this, whenever they're like, oh, you know, shockwaves in the magical universe. Yes, absolutely. Um, I do like that idea, but that would also have to presuppose that God exists and Dr. Manhattan does not believe in God. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big thing. I feel that's uh, that's what stops the Spectre from coming back every so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Taylor Petra says, big question is, how uh, will there be any tie-ins? And if so, how many? Uh you need tie-ins because you need to bolster the sales of that book. And the reality is like you have as many as as convergence had because convergence was able to tie up loose plot threads from previous timelines. Yes. The entire line just became convergence books. Yeah. And that's not a bad idea. I would do that with Emerald twilight. I would convergence the shit out of it. I know that sounds like blasphemy, but the reality is like not only do you have gorgeous chip kid covers, but you also have like this opportunity to, give like you could let scott lodell just literally do anything he wants with the red hood be like do anything you want no restrictions because it doesn't matter yeah because he's gonna put it back later hell maybe he didn't make it out of this like you know that kind of thing like do anything and everything with him uh and anyone like dark uh just like dark friggin just like odyssey everything all of it like just 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 balls to the wall Go nuts. Uh, go nuts with all of that. Hell, bring back Mr. Bloom for all we care. Uh, <laughs> and Gorgon Fish says, I've always wanted to see an Elseworlds where K- Abin Sur lands in Smallville and John Kent becomes the first Green Lantern uh, and then Hal the second. I love that hmm. idea that Jonathan Kent becoming uh, a Green Lantern. That's that's hilarious. That'd They're be like, fun. They find this crashed alien ship and then they like, uh, Jonathan Kent, you'll have to do. Yeah, that's fun. That sounds that sounds like a classic Elseworlds. I'm surprised that hasn't been written. Yeah, that feels like. What's funny is I was actually looking at an old like list of all the Elseworlds books. There are so few that aren't Batman. No. So few. So, you know, and uh, Doom twenty eight one four says anybody else ready for a world's finest relaunch with Batman Superman? Yeah, please. It's been a while for that, and it's been a while since we've had a Batman and Robin book. That's true, which I feel like is on its way. Um. So, yeah, uh, Joel, you got your own thing going on, so let's hear it. Indeed, I do. Uh, We actually came to to this idea on very similar wavelengths. Mine was actually trying to square the circle of a lot of the weird Golden Age characters. And I know you and I have this conversation all the time where we're like, hey, remember so-and-so? Where haven't they, you know, where have they been? We haven't seen them for a decade. What about these characters they tried to launch but just didn't go anywhere and just fell off the face of the earth? Yeah. Well, my crisis-style event is called Justice League The Lost Ones, and it seeks to answer that very question. Okay, well, let's hear, who are the Lost Ones, and why? Oh, we're going to find out about that. (laughs) So, like, basically my pitch, if I had to elevator this one, I'd be like, all right, let's have a DC crisis by way of Stephen King. Ah, okay. Would be my pitch, like, and the idea is is that one day after a big battle, uh, the Justice League, they save the world from, I don't know, like a tornado or an earthquake or some shit, mm-hmm. and out of the rubble comes the Mad Monk. Now, remember the Mad Monk? Vaguely. Mad Monk is a really, really obscure-ass Batman villain. Everyone kind of knows him because I think he, like, fought him in, like, issue two. Oh, okay. He's like one of the earliest DC supervillains, crazy obscure. No one has done anything with him, but he exists as like a hallmark of like, oh, remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about now. 
and he shows up just raving, being like, I've, I've been there, I've been to the other side, I've been to the other side of the mirror, and they're going to kill me for it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what, what the hell are you talking about? And even Batman kind of has a moment of like, oh, I kind of remember this guy. And he has to like go through his files, and it's like, oh, he's not on the computer. Oh, he's on like the hard copies? He's <laughs> on like files and paper? I don't remember writing these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's back from the Golden Age. Batman's like, well, this is clearly my handwriting. I clearly did this. Right, exactly. But I don't remember writing it. But I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember writing this. But, you know, you do exist. You do have a file. And the Justice League has to end up protecting Mad Monk because he's being hunted down by this crazy cult called the Glass Men. Okay. And the glass men wear these like really slick, like reflective robes and like uh, masks that are all cracked mirrors. Okay, all right. And they want to kill him with like big pieces of glass. Again, they're very, <laughs> they're they're very creepy. We'll have like jock design these guys. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. They'll be really freaking horrifying, and they're like, you know, we gotta, we, you know, we gotta kill the Mad Monk. The Mad Monk knows too much. He's giving away our secrets. And what we eventually discover is that the glass men worship a being called the Fisher. Mm, okay. And the Fisher is an extra dimensional creature that every time there is a crisis, that causes cracks in the universe. Right. And the Fisher reaches on through and takes Golden Age characters and Silver Age characters and like weird background characters no one talks about and he disappears them. Okay. All right. Do you do you like the the, the Langoliers, Sal? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm all too familiar with the Langoliers. The Fisher is the Langolier of the DC universe, only instead of eating time, it eats continuity. Right. Yeah. No, that's it, that's it. It cleans up continuity, it eats it, and it disappears them to their realm. And up until now, it's only been disappearing forgettable characters. Again, your Golden Age, your Silver Age, your Aunt Harriet's, your weird side characters. Yes, exactly. But now that the Justice League know the Fisher, now that they know its name, kind of like a Voldemort thing going on uh-huh. here once you say its name— It starts disappearing important characters like Batman and Superman. And by the end of what I'm thinking, this is going to be like a like a weekly series that's going to run for like a month. Okay, like a 52, like a 52. Exactly. And by the time like by the time like the first arc is over, every triple A character, if you have a book and if you've been relevant in the last 10 years, you're gone. You've been disappeared by the Fisher. Okay. And this causes complete anarchy in the DC universe because now the second string Justice League has to step up to, you know, kind of keep order. Right. That's why I likened it to 52 because I'm like, because the the A team is gone, the second stringers Mm -hmm. have to step up, um, which, of course, is like, here's the deal. Uh, 52 was such a successful series, despite like it starring Booster Gold and like Mm -hmm. the question and so forth. Uh, And it became like the number four for DC forever. Yeah. So, like, yeah, no, like, before you scoff at the idea of the D-listers or the second stringers, like, saving the universe and being the central central focus of, an, of a crisis event, mm-hmm. they already have. <laughs> I'm also taking a lot of reference here, too, from Avengers No Surrender as oh, well. Oh, naturally. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. So, you know, instead of Batman, you got Green Arrow, you got Black Canary, the Atom, Vixen, Vibe, Firestorm, characters where it's like, all right, so when this is done... These characters are going to get solo titles, so let's really work with them here, (laughs) and we're going to spin them off. Where it's like, yeah, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, they're evergreen, but let's try and have, you know, a Green Arrow book that sells super high or a Vixen book that sells super high now. Right, exactly. 
let's remind these people why they're so great. And again, this would lead to tie-ins too, you know, special one-shots where the characters have to keep peace because, again, it's not just the heroes who disappeared. Villains have disappeared too. Oh, sure. No, yeah. So this has created huge amounts of anarchy and, you know, obviously chaos is a ladder for these guys. So I imagine where it's like, all right, you know, Captain Cold realizes that he's the only member of the rogues left in Central City. And is like, well, this is bullshit. I'm going to Metropolis. He <laughs> takes over Intergang and then we get Kingpin Captain Cold. Hey, OK, <laughs> why not? The, the number one criminal in the DC universe. And then, you know, you got guys like Bronze Tiger. It's like, oh, Rachel Ghoul is gone. All these ninjas are running amok all over the world. Okay, I'm the leader of the League of Assassins now. You listen to me. Yeah, why not? And Cheshire, ooh, you know, Deathstroke is gone. Deadshot is gone. All these assassins, people still need to die. I guess I'll do it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You could really I, play with Suicide Squad, by the way, oh, yeah. because of the, like, the 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 finality of their name and the fact that like Absolutely. you could basically turn it into like a Giffen and Demetrius like oh, totally. meta book. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know you do some magic stuff too, where it's like oh Doctor Fate is gone, all the Lords of Chaos are gone. Hey me Doctor Savannah, I'm a Lord of Chaos now. Right? Yeah, yeah. Giving them new status quos and and upgrades so that they are first tier baddies oh yeah and when we inevitably put it back that'll be a big thing too where it's like well obviously lex luther is not going to like the idea of captain cold running metropolis oh yeah no naturally so um, he's going to scratch and claw and try and get his stuff back yeah the, the the trick will be to not immediately have like captain cold be assassinated by like a random lex luther like flunky exactly. because somebody desperately just wants to keep writing about lex luther <laughs> Totally. You have it be like, no, no, no. I prepared for this. I knew you'd be coming back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, again, yeah. Gina, we, we move on with the story here. We eventually find out that the glass men, this weird cult, we make a big deal that they all get unmasked at certain points. Sure. Yeah. And we discover that they're they're actually forgotten Golden Age villains, too. Naturally. That's what I figured is that like they are they are they, they're looking for justice or that they're I... agents of yeah. Ooh, ooh, it's more complicated than that. But yeah, the, again, we make this like a who's who of forgotten Golden Age characters. You okay. get like like Paul Sloan, the guy who was actually the first Two-Face. Right. Yes, I remember him. You get guys like Von Gunther, who's like, hey, remember when there was a lot of Nazis? And remember when superheroes only fought Nazis for a little bit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'd, you'd get your mad scientist like Dr. Radium. You'd get like, you know, uh, Lesa Lar, who was like the evil Kryptonian that Supergirl fought back in the 30s. OK, all right. So you get a nice mix of powers there and everything, and you find out that they have been sacrificing people to the Fisher to try and prolong their own lives. Right, to keep themselves relevant. <laughs> because, yeah, to keep themselves relevant and so they don't get eaten up. And once Green Arrow and the rest of the team discovers this, they're like, oh, well, we got to lead a mission to, like, track down uh, uh, the rest of the heroes. We got to go to the other side of the mirror where the fissure lives because the fissure lives in cracks, the cracks in all things, the cracks in the universe, the cracks in mirrors. Mm -hmm. But how do we get to the mirror? Oh, well, we're going to need, uh, what is it? We're going to need mirror master. We're going to need <laughs> the flash villain. Cause he's the only one who knows how to get there. Yeah. But he's an idiot and he's in hiding. So, Oh crap. We got to cut a deal with captain cold now to find him. Okay. All right. Because only Captain Cold knows, and Captain Cold is using his new power and, you know, affluence to protect his buddy. Right, exactly. And also to probably sell him out, because he knows that the heroes really want him. Yeah, and he knows that, like, he's he's not going to be able to hold him forever. Like, mm. it, it's better if they're friends of mine <laughs> than Absolutely. me declaring war on them. Um, the, yeah, God. 
the big standout for the glass man too is that you know we uh unlock their leader you know he takes off his mask mm -hmm. and, his, and his face is already a broken mirror and that's because he is the villain glass man who fought batman one time in like the 40s <laughs> and he's like i am a living mirror that's how i was able to escape you know the realm of mirrors right yeah man and you know and he's horrifying looking did you ever play uh what is it wolf among us no I, uh, yeah i played the first like i, I played like a, the demo for wolf among us okay because at the end you fight bloody mary and bloody mary is like this horrible uh horrible looking thing that's just you know covered in glass and everything oh sure yeah i mean the glass man himself is bizarre looking like you can mm -hmm. really play with that whole concept oh he, yeah he more or less looks like a cubic zirconia <laughs> Exactly. Make him make him absolutely horrifying. When the heroes do make it to the Fissure's realm, they discover that this isn't just any place behind the mirror. It's the ruins of Fawcett City. OK, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Fissure itself is this like crazy moth thing, this moth monster that keeps people in cocoons and drains their life force. Oh, yeah. A moth, you say? A moth. Yeah. Did he what did he what did he um, what did he manifest from? Part of, ooh, we'll get there. So uh -huh. here's the thing. So they so, so they try and fight off this creature, and it's like, you know, it's unstoppable and everything. It's like a Lovecraftian horror. Sure. As it would normally be. And they see the cocoons there, and this this is where you get into interesting tie-in territory. Okay. Because it's so many forgotten characters. It's yeah. like, you know, characters from across the spectrum. It's like from lines of comics that DC owns but doesn't do anything with. So it's like, hey, here's all the Warren Ellis Stormwatch characters. Right. This is where they've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here are all like the, the here's here's Gen 13. <laughs> yeah. They're sitting in cocoons getting drained. You even make it like this happens across time where it's like, oh, here's Jonah Hex and Sergeant Rock. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all here, too. And and the big twist, this would be like in the middle of the book. They uh, One of the cocoons opens up, and out of the cocoon falls the Mad Monk. Oh, right, right. But wait a minute. Yeah, but it wasn't he in... Wasn't he the Wasn't. catalyst for this? Was he not the catalyst for this? And the Mad Monk is completely reborn. He's young now. He's got a new costume. Uh huh. He's he's, he's young and hip. He's got he's got current facial hair. Exactly. He's young and hip. Here's the thing: the Fisher doesn't eat characters that it takes. The Fisher recycles continuity. Right. It doesn't eat it. It protects them and watches over them until they are ready to be reborn and rejoin the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't. Nothing ever truly dies here. No, you're no, only the reborn. Exactly. The Fisher isn't evil, but something has been starving the Fisher. That Mad Monk was not the Mad Monk at all. That was mm -hmm. someone pretending to be him. Oh, okay. That was Mirror Man, or Mirror Man, yeah, Mirror Man, who is a weird creation of Amadeus Arkham, who I think he offhandedly mentioned once, and the idea being that he has, like, the, the narcissist disorder. Okay, yeah. He got sent there very early on, but refused to be recycled, because he's like, no, I'm beautiful and perfect, and I refuse to die. Yeah, he, he by the way, isn't everybody. If you haven't ever seen the Mirror Man, like, he's ba he basically looks like a gross Dr. Savannah. Yeah, but with like little little hilarious glasses and, mm -hmm, and, and 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 the worst bowler tie. Yeah, he he refuses to die, and because he has power over mirrors anyway, he was able to escape and set all this in motion. He's starving the fissure because he's uh, set up a whole you know contraption to take the power of the current DC universe into himself, so he can live forever and be eternally beautiful forever. Naturally, okay. And so the heroes are like, ah, crap, not only do we need to defeat this bad guy, but we also need to, like, set the universe back in order now that we have a better fundamental understanding of how it actually works and how that 
messes with their heads of being like, oh, so we do this over and over again, and the universe is often rewritten over and over again. Yeah, I, I and now uh, I assume that you have to do it where it's like, it's a secret or their minds are wiped or someone vaguely remembers what happens because you can't, I, I, it would be tough to have Batman like deal with the existential crisis of realizing yeah, like he's been that like people die or get reborn or disappear or he like, I've been 32 for like how many years? Exactly. And you have that moment. And then at the end, it's like Martian Manhunter and Zatanna get together. And I'm like, all right, everyone come together. We're going to do the uh, men in black three, wipe your mind. <laughs> Because this is way too much shit. Right, right. But yes, that, that's basically the long and short of my story there. That would be like a month. You'd have interesting tie-ins to be like, okay, how did these Golden Age characters show up in this universe? What was yeah. their last moments? Right, exactly. And again, you, you make it a crisis about crises. Mm -hmm, exactly. That's the best about, kind mm -hmm. at this point. Because like nowadays... Resetting the universe is, is such a, like, trope that, like, there's no point in doing it unless, like, either you're actually fixing something or you're talking mm -hmm. about how fixing something is, like, how, how cavalier we are about rewriting of people's lives. Yeah. And again, you know, this could be like a perfect thing, too. This could be like your uh, what is it like, like that Marvel moment they never capitalized on to where it's like, OK, so every character who's ever been or ever has been is here in the Fisher's care. Okay, who do we want to bring back with us? Right, exactly, exactly. Who do we want to wake up and bring back? Yeah, or who stows away, or who will, like, who would do anything to, to leave? Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, you have, a, you have a really cool war among the Forgotten. Absolutely, and then, you know, uh, th this could be a way, again, you know, a nice soft reboot is what it is, where it's like, all right, so we all come back, everyone gets new number ones. Yep. Everything continues, but the universe is different now where it's like, oh, yeah, so Captain Cold is in control now and all this other stuff is happening. And how, how do we fix this? And that would be like the next year's worth of stories. Yeah. So it's 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 technically metaphysical, but it's more like a like a like a crisis in identity crisis where it's like it's more like we're just changing the status quo. We're not exactly. And, and maybe we'll bring a few people with us the way that Secret Invasion was supposed to be like just like that. Where it's like it's it's story driven. But like if we need to retcon anything, we can. Mm -hmm. And plus this now we know this place exists out here as well. Yeah, you can use it like the way that Raish uses the, the Lazarus pits. Like, mm -hmm. Somebody dies or someone's about to die and they're like, you know, and then flash, you know, like strong arms mirror master to take them to the to the dimension and then like reborn. Like, listen, if you like Iris is horribly hurt and he's like, listen, if, right. you, if you do this, she will not remember you. Yeah, exactly. She will be completely new. And I like the idea, too, that the fissure like is only semi-intelligent. It's like a bee doing its job. Right, exactly. It's just it's just auto doing. It. Yeah, it's you, you it can't does. reason with it, but you can anger it. So don't <laughs> do that. Right, exactly. Now, that's and, yeah. And don't starve it either or it'll just start taking everything. Exactly. Yeah, because it's it will defend what it what it does. Yeah, Um, that's dope. What do you call it? Uh, uh, Justice League, the lost ones. The lost ones. OK. Um, Dylan Gupta Cassidy Spectre was in Gotham by Midnight and here's my pitch is that Batman Who Laughs takes down all of the Justice League except for the Bat Family so it could be a sim smaller Bat Family crisis that, I mean like we're basically getting that right now Yeah. Uh, Joshua Wright hey guys here's a pitch crisis in Gotham Batman framed for murdering Gordon the rest of the Bat Family tries to bring him in while proving his innocence literally uh, that is a book called Batman uh, uh, called Bruce Wayne Murderer and then Bruce Wayne Fugitive 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big long story in which that exact same thing happens, only replace Gordon with a random person. Yeah, it was a big trilogy. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Pester, since you're pitching these, would you hypothetically be the writer? I like this question. If not, would you be the writer and be extension, uh, the creative team? I feel that like I was uh, tapping into a real like kind of Grant Morrison-y thing with this. I feel like this is an idea he would run with because it's stories about stories. True. The only problem is if you were to hire him to do it, he would do his own thing and whatever you were working on would be gone. Yeah, he totally dumped my... Maybe Gerard Way, you know, he seems like a more reasonable Morrison. (laughs) Yeah, I'd give it to Demetrius or Gerard Way. Somebody who like who knows the metaphysical, loves the spiritual and wants Mm. to play in that universe and gets character. Yeah, I, I definitely want, again, I mentioned Jock before. I'd want someone who can, like, you know, do some really terrifying redesigns of these old Golden Age villains and make them scary again. Yeah, that'd be dope. And they stick around, too. So there, you got a new influx of villains as well. Totally. Uh, Heartless Fang says, Would it be fun to see Harper Rowe come back as Bluebird and Joel's idea, at least for a little bit? Maybe when oh, people yeah. vanish, they leave holes in memory? Oh, yeah, yeah. We told, yeah, she, she's there. Everyone's there. Everyone yeah. you've ever lost. And here's two. Before we'd write this, we'd have like big like internet campaigns being like, who is your favorite forgotten character? Who would you like to see return fan? Yeah. yeah, you literally just take everyone you're going to reference or that has ever been forgotten, put them all online in yep. one big chart and say, who's coming back? Yeah, you get to decide, everyone. Yeah. Uh, Fisco Red says, can Onomatopoeia be the first one gone, Joel? Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'd like that. And he can only he can only say the sound. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, he only makes the sound of glass breaking. Exactly. And that's a clue. Yeah, yeah. Joshua Wright of Elevator Pitch, The Laughing Crisis. Three Jokers find out about each other, join forces, mess with everybody. We don't know. That might actually be what Three Jokers is about. For real. Again, we really don't know what Three Jokers could potentially be about. No idea. Tevia says, how about... Uh, how would both Jonathan Kent, Superboy, and Damian Wayne Robin be affected by this crisis? And would they save Wally's children? I mean, I guess I imagine they'd be in the Fisher too, right? Yeah, or at the very least, like some version of them. I don't know. Yeah, because then you get time travel on top of that. Then it's like, yeah, don't think about it. Uh-huh. Uh, Lewis uh, South, uh, Southern says, uh, great show as always. For Joel's idea, there's a Grant Thank Morrison you. creation from Animal Man and Final Crisis called The World of Limbo, where mm. forgotten characters actually live. Oh, so he did. See, I again, I felt I was tapping into something Morrison. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he didn't Na- have a big bug. Right? Uh, Nachiket Na- uh, Naik says, uh, shut up and take my money, Joel, and get the story <laughs> made. Um, Robert Core says, what Thank tone you. are you going for post each crisis? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, well, I'll let you go first on that one because I got to think about mine. Uh, with ours, uh, with the Emerald Crisis, I think it would have to be hope. Mm. Like you'd need a hopeful tone. I would uh, make it grim, but like hopeful. Um, mm. I would want it to feel like the stakes are real and they're legit, but really, really like make it feel like a superhero comic. The way that you feel, right. where you, where you, you, where the heroes. Uh, could fail, but you like hope in your heart they don't. And when they when they triumph, you feel like a tingle in your spine, like that. Oh, I like that. I think I'd want mine to be like exciting to be like, well, I have no idea what they're going to do next. Now they've elevated these characters. You know, anything can happen from here. Yeah. Uh, Will I am golden. Uh, What about heroes? Both A and D list are attached or killed in their civilian life at the same time. And they have to figure out who or what's behind it. Mm. There you go. Sounds very identity crisis, too. Um, totally. Exactly. So uh, those are two epic crises. Um, 
I was trying to think of who would write mine, uh, the Emerald Crisis. Mm. Uh, I mean, like, I feel like whoever, like, I don't want to jump to a to a to a Jeff Johns or anything, mm. um, especially because he's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like people who are trying to bring, like, to, who have deliberately changed what happened in order to bring it back, like, probably are like immediately written off of the li- the short list for this book that would be about bringing things back. Um, especially since he wrote Doomsday Clock and it's connected to that in some way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, probably somebody like Tom Taylor or, um, Ooh, he's good. You know, I, I would also be okay with like somebody like a Kelly Thompson, who's just like competent yeah. and recognizes continuity. Definitely. Um, kind of fun. And gives them a chance to like step up to the big leagues, do a crisis, blow the, yeah, write a, write, write a whole big event. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, did I miss any other super chats? Because before we do that, yeah. Um, so from there, want to remind everybody, uh, so let us know in the comments down below what's your most excited tie-in for each event. What's the tie-in that you would want to read with both respective events? Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's all I got for your homework, uh, outside of the fact that you should go to patreon.com slash and check out the bonus show, which we do. It's called One mm-hmm. Shots. It's a whole separate show you can only find over there. So if you go over to patreon.com slash or click the link in the description box below this video, uh, it'll take you over there. You'll find it, and uh, you'll catch a bonus show that comes out whenever we do this show. No uh, telling what it could be. It could be on anything. Yeah, I, it's true. Those are completely off of left field. We try to start with the with the original plot line, and then we go, now anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... There you go. Uh, anyway, we want to hang out. Uh, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, for for the super chats, especially. We we are so indebted to you uh, because without those super chats, we don't get a chance to pay for the roofs over our heads. Um, we shoot here in the studio, or as I do, in the studio here, uh, and it's all thanks to you, and it all comes from uh, money that is generously provided by members of the population, which is you guys. If you uh, watch the show, you are a member of the population. So thank you very much for being there. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Uh, Hopefully we'll see you next week with another episode. If not, uh, I've got another creator interview coming up, which will take that place. But we're, we're, you know, we got another big Marvel themed MCU show that we need to do, which is coming out next week. So hang on for that. Uh, Because Joel and I almost did that. We had to do this one first. Yeah. It's very exciting. But, uh, We'll see you guys then. Uh, oh, by the way, stay tuned uh, over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash TV. See if Tiffany uh, streams. And, of course, back issues will come out later today. So mm. that's all for now. So long, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>